I'm Dania and welcome back to Lokia Kengi, the show that talks about the issues within the Brown South Asian community in a real voice for the Brown girls listening. Join me with your cup of chai as I discuss some very taboo subjects which will give the aunties in our society something to really talk about. Thing that I became aware of in my traveling recently through Africa and the Middle East, in every country that you go to, uh, usually the degree of progress can never be separated uh, from the woman. If you're in a country that's progressive, the woman is progressive. If you're in a country that reflects the consciousness uh, toward the importance of education, it's because the woman is aware of the importance of education. But in every backward country, you'll find the women are backward. And in every country where education is not stressed, it's because the women don't have education. So one of the things I became thoroughly convinced of in my recent travels is the importance of giving freedom to the woman, giving her education, and giving her the incentive to get out there and put that same uh, spirit and understanding in the children. I can't believe it, but we're at the end of the season now. So of course I had to do this last episode on gender roles and inequalities within the South Asian community. We'll be talking about practices within our culture which have to be broken, upholding the family's reputation and what dating is like as a brown girl. In this last episode, we have today's special guest, Simone Heather. Simone is a young South Asian who has faced a lot of challenges when fighting for equality with the close males in her life. It'll be interesting to hear her experiences and how she deals with this as a young South Asian woman who will not stand for inequality. So let's get going. Hey! Hi, how are you? I'm good, I'm good, how are you? Good, thanks. How's your day been? (laughs) It's been good, it's been good. Just a casual Sunday. Okay, so from the intro that I just gave, everybody knows that this session is about gender roles and inequalities within the South Asian community. Do you want to just introduce yourself a little bit, just your name, your age, what you do, and then talk about your family a little bit? For sure. So yeah, my name is Simone. I am 22 years old and I do, I have two older brothers. Um, One is 27 and one is 25. Being the youngest and being a girl, um, it's definitely been quite difficult, I would say. You know, there, there's been a lot of challenges growing up as the only girl and of two. The only girl, I know that would cause a lot more pressure. <laughs> definitely, for sure. So starting off, the question that I obviously have to ask Mm-hmm. Do you think gender roles are an issue within the South Asian community that we are in? Well, coming from the kind of the kind of background that I do, I do have I I've always believed that there is definitely an issue within the South Asian community, especially when it comes to gender roles, because the boys get away with a lot more um, than girls do, and that is growing up with two older brothers. That's something I've always learned. Um, is that whatever they do it can, there can be a blind eye turn whereas with with us there's a lot more eyes on us there's there's a saying in our in Urdu um which basically means that what will people say and so that is a lot more you yeah, know that, that this podcast Loki what will people say yeah Loki and you know what I've actually got it printed on a hoodie because I honestly don't hate that saying than anything else I feel like um, it is something used in our community so much and we've been hearing it since we were like nine years old since we were at an age where we didn't really understand it and so growing up um, we've always been pressured to do things right and keep the family's name well yes definitely gender roles do in fact 
it's a huge thing in the Asian community for sure okay so moving on to the next question what would you say are some of the practices that you've seen in South <laughs> Asian homes which are common but unfair to one specific gender so just some things okay. that you see happening in like our homes and South Asian communities um, that you think like okay this is a problem yeah, this is a problem. Something that I have seen which frustrates the life out of me is when the women are in the kitchen preparing the dinner, whereas when the men are just sitting, you know, kind of doing their own thing and we are slaving away, we make the food, we, you know, serve the food and everything. And even at the end, when everyone's ate, um, the men just are still seated, they're still doing their own thing, whereas the women are still cleaning up and everything. And then there's been times where the the men get to eat first and then we are left to eat after eat is next week right i can assure you 100 percent. everyone doing eat in their homes every south asian doing eat in their homes is gonna you know the women are gonna prepare the food beforehand they're gonna um prepare the food on the day they're gonna set the tables they're gonna serve the food to the men who eat first after mm-hmm. doing nothing that's a huge problem okay then they're gonna clean up after the men you know it's just an ongoing cycle and it's something where our mothers have been taught and then so they don't think there's anything wrong with that but I think with our generation we see a huge problem with that alone but it does take more one more than one person to stand up and make a change I was talking to Faisal Razak about this in my previous podcast on colorism we were talking about something very similar like we can't change the way our parents have been brought up and the way they think because they're so set in their way now that it's just something they can't change so yeah. I think it's the same case with this situation mm-hmm. it's just something Absolutely. that we have to change going forward whatever needs to be done needs to be done from us we need to do that now okay so next question do you think gender inequalities are still an issue when it comes to things like education careers and marriage okay so we'll go with education first I think I'm not too sh- I don't think that it's a problem when it comes to education because as far as we go you know we're we've we're, we're from like a background where education is something that's enforced on even the girls in our family but I think in a lot of families like I do know people where education isn't a priority um especially over marriage marriage always comes first for these for certain families um I think a lot of where it comes from is a girl is eventually just going to get married and she's going to eventually just have kids and be a housewife so what's the need I think that's where that comes from what's the need to educate or what's the need to be you know have a degree or anything now going on to careers that is that's a huge issue like we have always been taught that once you're married that's it you stay home you don't need to build your career and you you can't do all you can't have it all um which I think is wrong and I think if you want, then you can make it work and you can have it all. Um, and I think for us, for me especially, it's all my mum has always taught me your home, your family is a priority and anything else you can do is just a side thing. Whereas I have a quite a different approach. I think, no, career is important to me and it's, you know, being independent is important to me. Yes, family and kids are important too, but it's just not the same. You know, I would agree with you and everything you said. I feel like... Um with education I feel like we're we're quite a progressive family I feel like yeah. a lot of families are now they're quite progressive they're quite modern where you know they're not like 
um how it used to be back in the day where it was like oh like only the boys get educated or you know the, no, get home, the women are focusing on their marriage they get obviously like we know from our grandparents and their parents like they would get married at like 12 years old 13 years mm-hmm. old 14 years old yeah. taking care of families and you know they've not even had puberty kind of thing like yeah I mean that is not an issue anymore thankfully yeah, um, I think exactly. that's a a big part of that is that we're now living in a western country and somewhat our parents have adapted to the the kind of the life and the culture here there are some problems that still do need to change and I don't think our family have completely completely adapted to that such as marriage I feel like marriage is still a huge deal especially because um there's a saying there's a kind of a with us in the Asian community that if you pass a certain age say for say if you pass 24 then your your shelf life expires um, and you can't get married after that and so my parents alone I know for sure that they worry about that because I'm now 22 so they think okay if we don't get this her married in the next two to three years then that's it she's got no hope you know yeah career or no career she's that's it you know yeah. nothing done which I it frustrates me as well because it's like I don't have an expiry date but the issue is the issue is here that all Asian girls have been given this like expiry date that's literally what some people call it by the way we're not just saying yeah. that um yeah, yeah. <laughs> but shelf life expiry date shelf life expiry date but the issue comes that it's not the same case for guys yeah I was gonna guys hit on that can have a full-on career they can wait yeah. until they're established yeah. they can wait yeah. until they're finished their education you know and that's mm-hmm. when, when they're ready that's yeah. it that's the issue because they don't think that and women should be independent or women should have their own yeah whereas I think that's where the big disagreement comes between our generations because we think completely different we think no we should have our own we should have our own before marriage because why do we need to depend on a man when we can do it for ourselves you know what I was going to say about education is that we're encouraged to do all these things but as females even though we're doing these things me I can speak I'm in college right now I'm going into university I can speak when I say that I have a lot more boundaries set in place mm-hmm. than my male counterparts yeah who are in the exact same position as me so mm-hmm. I think that's where another huge problem comes in. Yeah, like, for sure. I agree. You can't do this. You can't do that. You're expected to go into a certain profession. And then yeah. when it comes to career, it's like, okay, you can work on your career for a while, but then you have to think about getting married. You have to give it up. Yeah, that is very true. I mean, I think the recently what happened was I got a job offer from abroad and my parents basically said no. But if my brother got the same thing, they would jump to the chance, you know, they would book him a flight and have him out as soon as possible. And that was a huge reality check for me because I personally thought my parents were a lot more, you know, open-minded and they thought that, okay, if our daughter's got such a great opportunity to, you know, um, develop her career, then yes, go for it. But their response was the complete opposite. Um, And that kind of opened my eyes and... It just kind of stung in a way because it thought even now, even in this day and age, you're not allowing me to progress because I'm your daughter and you don't want me to be away from you. Um, like for the past year, I've been working from home. And so now, I don't know if you can agree with me here with lockdown and everything. Now, if I'm going out to the shops or something, there's about 20 million questions. Where are you going? What are you, <laughs> you know, who are you going with? When are you coming back? Um, whereas my brothers don't come home until after midnight. And again, they don't bat an eyelid. You know, there's just, it's not the there's same. a lot there's a lot we need to change um I keep saying the same thing that I feel like it is definitely up to our generation to change that we've been talking about parents a lot 
but the next question relates to that in a sense because I'm about to ask you what do you think about the responsibility on South Asian women for upholding their parents and their family's reputation? Yeah, so that is quite big, I would say, again, like going back to when I was talking about keeping, you know, that, that saying in, in Urdu where it's Lokia Gengi, what will people say? Um, growing up, that was a huge, and it was something that my mum always said to us. Um, and I, I wouldn't say I was rebellious against my parents and my brothers, but I used to answer back and I used to say, but why, but why can they and why can I not, you know, like something as so simple as going out to the movies, being 12, 13 years of age, you know, that's something you want to do with your friends, if you want to go out, you want to enjoy yourself, um, but we were never allowed, I was never allowed because I was a girl um, and I had to, I had a certain responsibility to kind of hold my parents' res- reputation, like being a girl of that age, what do you understand about re- reputation or, you know, you, you've got that responsibility. And so that is something that we've always been heeding since yeah. we were kids. Oh, Marie, is it there? Like that they literally yeah, put that literally those words. Oh, Marie, is it that you are? You know, it's because of you I hold my head high. You know, there's a lot of emotional blackmail there too, sure. um, not to do anything wrong. And there's so there's a lot of pressure not to do anything wrong as well. We're at such a vulnerable age there where our parents are kind of trying to control everything we're doing because yeah. of their reputation. But then it's like, where's that reputation when it's your son's? Your son's going to be going out and doing God knows whatever, but your reputation will not be affected because they are your sons. Like, I've come to the point where I'm like, it's easier to just do what your parents are saying because Mm -hmm. we have seen in our family a lot of people who have kind of gone with that approach, like, you know what, reputation is bullshit, I don't care, and they've been totally shunned. Yeah. Like they've been disregarded by the family. It's real. It's very real. That does happen. That people who have an opinion and speak up about it, they are completely, completely... They're completely looked down upon. Completely. Yeah. If a girl speaks up in an Asian household, it's like, oh, but the me like saying all these bad things, like, oh, she's so rude, she's so disrespectful. But if a guy speaks up in an Asian household, then it's like, oh my God, what did we do to upset him? Yeah, oh... Do not get me started. It's so true. Listen, right, this is something that is so real in my household, especially like if my brothers, so the way my brothers have been raised is if they get angry, that is the end of the world, okay? And my mum will sit there and if I'm arguing with my brother, full on we're arguing, obviously we're siblings, we can do that. (laughs) So we full on are arguing, she will sit there and she will do this, she will, you know, make her eyes go big. That's another thing that we've been, you know, you you know, a threat that's a threat you know if your parents do that to you with their eyes that's a th- you, you know you're done for um my mom will do that to me to tell me you shut up stop you know he's going to lose his shit any minute and if it does then it's this is your fault these were the ones that have been silenced from such a young age yes when and i'm I, i'm sorry but i can't carry that silence from my mom there's been so many posts on instagram that i've seen on like these um, like South Asian like feminist pages feminist pages <laughs> yeah love them post like girls in this generation cannot be silenced like our, oh, were definitely silenced. our moms were silenced girls of yeah. this generation are not going to stay silent like I would rather be called disrespectful than just to sit there and let someone talk shit <laughs> 100% wow that was really good to get that out <laughs> <laughs> definitely okay, but moving on to the next little part 
Okay, mm-hmm. this is the saucy part, which I'm really okay. so excited to talk about. But <laughs> <laughs> well, what's the next? Dating for brown girls. Oh dear, okay. <laughs> I have a lot to say. <laughs> what has your experience been like? What has my experience been like? like Again, parents in terms of like going or just like beginning dating phases like how have mm-hmm. you done it how have you handled it because it's difficult I feel like I keep coming back to general rules but this is another thing that stresses me out um for example my brother my brother's now getting married in two weeks and um, just after Eid and the way his whole the wedding situation from when he met the girl till now has went it would be completely different to the way that mines would have been done like my parents I wouldn't say they expect me to have an arranged marriage, but it's more respectful that way than finding someone on my own, right? I mean, they haven't, they, they are they are open-minded to the point where they say, you know, go out and find someone on your own. But then say if I did go out and, and I have previously, I found someone, but the guy's not this, he's not that, you know, there's there's they're just so nitpicky about it. Um, and there's so many restrictions on how much we can do. In the South Asian community, something is very, it's looked down upon if the girl is too, is too friendly with the family beforehand, especially with the boy, like, so coming, going from the house and everything, it's not really something that's, you know, it's looked down upon, um, whereas that's been, my parents have been so fine with that, like, the girl has come here, she's had lunch here, she's been out with me, she's been out with my mum, you know, she's been out with my brother, you know, obviously, if they were dating at the time, and everyone knew they were dating, you know, Um but that wasn't an issue. But say if I found someone and I was going out with them and my parents, but my parents were aware, they knew everything, but still they would have such an issue with it. And they would say, what is the need to meet this person so often? Or what is the need to talk to them so often? There's just so many restrictions. So it's like, okay, so one minute you say to us to go out and find someone. And if we do, then we can't do ABZ. You know what I mean? Like there's just, yeah. like there's no winning. There's no winning with finding someone on your own. So personally, I've come to a point now where I'm like, you know what? I'm just not going to get married and if you want to look for me you can but I'm so done for now because yeah. every time I bring someone to the table you're just not happy or you just don't let me get on with it this is just like a thing in our whole community is like yeah guys get away with murder they can literally it's in this case in the d- case of dating like people go on holidays you always see like people going on holidays with their girlfriends are going here they're going there openly out to dinner openly out to brunch lunch but for us it's like when we go out for brunch or lunch or dinner or anything it's like mm-hmm. I feel like I'm sitting there with my knife and fork and I'm just like looking everywhere like I'm so on edge yeah. most of the time oh, because I'm oh, like yeah. oh my god what if someone sees me what if someone sees me that is so real I think there's a lot of pressure on the start of any kind of relationship because you need in your head you're thinking about this person to be good enough for my parents and for my brothers for my family for my extended family and so I think there is a lot, always a lot of pressure and a lot of people don't understand that. But then I also think like in this community, it's like, it's not like other people and other minorities or other ethnic groups where, you know, they can just like date for the sake of dating. Yeah, no. That's something I, I prefer anyways, but it's like ego, it's for yeah. marriage. You need, yeah, you need to discuss all of these things beforehand. Like, you literally, like... Because you can't just go with the flow with us. <laughs> no chance. There's no such I've thing. Got, I've got white friends who have... Ex- we've talked about this, like, openly, like, you know, their situation and then the way it is for me. And it's like, they would never talk about marriage or kids or anything like that or families. Yeah, like, I've noticed that too. Mm-hmm. 
Whereas yeah, whereas it's, it's, it's like one of the first things we talk about. <laughs> what do you think then of the Rishta situation? Yeah. Rishta, aka arranged marriage for anybody who doesn't know what that means. And how do you deal with the expectations of traditional parents? The thing with the arranged marriage is, like I said, there's there's a few pros, which are, you know, obviously you both know what you're getting into, your families are happy, and that's why this is being progressed and you're at this stage now where you're just talking to the person. Um, but there's just so much pressure. There's so much pressure from both sides of the family. Like you will be talking to this person for two weeks or so, three weeks even, and your families are like, okay, so what's your decision? You know, whereas if you say vice versa, if you were talking to someone and you were just chatting to them one-on-one with nobody else involved, and you just got to know this person. You 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 needed six months to a year to decide if you want to marry the person. I, I would agree. I think I think arranged marriage is actually amazing for yeah. Because obviously it is hard for a lot of people to you know you think you're going to find someone uni, you think you're going to find someone through work, but it doesn't always work out that way. So I'm actually quite glad that in the South Asian community, one good thing has come out of it that we yeah. have this sort of system. I would say the biggest con of arranged marriage is that essentially it's not the two it's not just the two people getting married yeah it's the two families getting married <laughs> That's yeah, I, would put it. I mean even if it was someone of, of your own choice you're getting married to you know you're getting to know yeah. one on one that's also two families getting married um, but that's different because you have taken time to get to know this person you know that, that that's 100% what you want and then everything else comes after that you know you're getting to know the mum you're getting to know the siblings the parent you know the everyone else Whereas with this, it's like you're getting to know everyone at once. I don't think that could work for me because I need to know if that person is suitable for me and the way I think to make sure that our, you know, values and our principles and our ideas and opinions match, you know. Um, and that's something I've I found really difficult explaining to my parents that you need to understand that I need to get to know the person to make sure that we're on the same page. Yeah. And then everything else comes after that. But that is something my parents think that's a concept that they just don't understand because in their day and age, they didn't even see each other before they got married forget talking that's just that's far out the window you know um they talked the night of the wedding that was the first time they talked but in terms it's- of then going back to expectations what do you feel are the expectations of your parents like do they have a checklist for you yeah you know? definitely they do have a checklist I think they kind of told you from a really young age because I know my mum and has told me my sister from a young age like from the ages of like 15 16 like if you're going to look for someone yourself we're totally open to that but these are the things that person has to have yeah for example for example they need to be educated um they need to be coming from a good family of course they need to be muslim that's 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 not even a question um but they need to definitely be pakistani and sometimes it goes down to caste as well that's also very real in our community i would say the same checklist that your parents have i feel like standard has to be educated has to be from a good family has to have a decent full-time job but um it just makes you think do you actually want to get into that so I think do do you think like that sometimes where you do see a potential like you could see a potential in someone but because they're they don't fit your your parents boxes you're like I'd rather just not get into it yeah have you ever come across that have you ever for sure for sure what message would you then send to other females in our community who deal with like pressures and gender inequalities um in their homes and in their families i would say to talk about it if it's with your friends if it's with your cousins if it's with anyone that you're close to talk about it because i feel like I'm suffering and I'm going through this, but who who knows that a friend could be doing the same thing. If we talk about it and we kind of 
it's it's better for both I think and also another thing that I would love to say to people is we need to change this because we cannot allow this to go on now like mm-hmm. we have done this we've been there but we can't we can't allow our kids to and it's not just about me and what I think it's about everyone and I feel like I could make a change where I raise my kids differently but then they could end up with someone who's who weren't raised like that do you know what I mean yeah. so it's not just about me and how I raise my kids like this we need to become one we need to do this together so then what message would you then send out to all of the aunties or family members or relatives who are putting so much pressure on young people who are just trying to live their best lives honestly mind my language but mind your own fucking business like don't put your nose where it doesn't belong that's just with aunties that is just with aunties like honestly you need to mind your own business like there's no need literally keep your nose out of it yeah and what goes around comes around that's another thing aunties forget a lot of the time Mm. karma what you you get you know yeah that's what they don't get they just like to sit around a table with their giants and mostly it's the worst Um, oh my god okay going on to the last little section now this is the rapid fire round right okay so it's basically like a word association game so I say um I say a word and you tell Mm -hmm. me the first thing that comes to mind oh okay fun okay Um, so are you ready Mm -hmm. (laughs) two one aunties gossip okay (laughs) weddings dancing (laughs) friends um fun burfy nuts nuts okay it's just triggery don't even (laughs) um swear words Patwari. <laughs> Nobody knows what Patwari is. It's a dialect and it's like in the middle. It's like a mix of Punjabi and Urdu. Yeah. And that's what we speak. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. So, and their swear words are pretty. Their hard. swear words are the worst. Yes. Yeah. So, um, money. I don't know. Independence. Okay. Family. Us. <laughs> Jai. Um, chai biscuits, cats. Uh, clean, clean. Okay. Priyanka Sorry, Priyanka Chopra. Lies. <laughs> lies. 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 You oh, lies. That's <laughs> true. Honestly, that is it. Okay. Logia Genge. What will people uh-huh. say? This is the last episode. But thank you so much for coming on. Although it's been really hard and it's been a difficult journey, you've still managed to kind of like put your foot down in certain oh, yeah. yeah, definitely. Like it's not it's not all negative. I mean, there have been times where I've put my foot down and I've said, no, I'm sorry, that's just not no go. That's not happening. This is such an important topic to talk about. All three topics were very important, but this topic was something that I feel like a lot of people can relate to. A lot of South Asians can relate yeah. to. Girls or guys, you can relate to this if you listen to this podcast. And I feel like there was some solid advice and some solid situations which a lot of people can, you know, like think, you know, I, I feel the same way. And I'm glad I'm not alone in feeling this way. Because mm-hmm. I feel like that's a huge issue. But um yeah, thank you for coming on and giving no your time. 
it was really helpful um but yeah that's it <laughs> perfect great well bye. thank you for listening bye bye this has been so much fun oh my god who else is feeling super empowered right now these conversations were super refreshing. Honestly, I'm so grateful for anyone listening and having the opportunity to talk on these kind of things in the first place. I could literally chat about these topics and episodes all day, but I'm glad we got the main stuff out of the way. I really hope you guys enjoyed listening to all of the episodes on issues within the South Asian community on Logia Genge. Please feel free to email me on daniacamran00 at outlook.com or DM me on Instagram for any advice, questions, feedback, or even if you just need someone to talk to. Thank you guys so much for listening and I cannot wait to have you on the next season. Bye!